from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, good morning, security gang, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. Good morning from beautiful Las Vegas here at Black Hat 2023 in the city. And it is just Black Hat has taken over Vegas, right? Like there's a magic conference here and some stuff, but Black Hat has taken over Vegas. I think it's official. I can say that. What a great evening seeing so many familiar faces, meeting new ones, just hearing from the industry in person again, being able to say hello to people outside of the virtual world has been really, really uh, uh, refreshing. It's been empowering. And and if, if Black Hat isn't one of those events you typically put on your map for a slew of reasons, it could be, it's something definitely this, this year, it has a different vibe. It's got a different feel. Um, people are out. I mean, not everything's happening at Mandalay Bay. So everything's happening all along the Vegas Strip at all kinds of different venues and events. And really, you're seeing a collaborative environment. And I think that's my, you know, day one wrapped of Black Hat wrapped up yesterday. And I think the one thing I can tell all of y'all before we get into this morning's show is there is a real voice of collaboration of I'm only as strong as you are. You're only as strong as I can help you. And how do we all really, really help each other? And so that's the theme I got from my conversations yesterday. We did some amazing content with some great sponsors and security partners that partnered with us here at Black Hat, including uh, Mesmo and their CEO, Tucker. Um, um, we've, we had Adaptive Shield on and Maur, uh, who, who's the founder and CEO there, which was you know absolutely great. Uh, we had Pantera on with Marcel. That was a really fun conversation. Um, and, 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 and so much, so much, and, and blind spot security with Yod, which was again, just unbelievable conversations. All of that content will be coming out here in the next week or so. So stay tuned for that. Um, and we'll be visiting some of them today. So without further ado, let's start this morning's show. Cause we've got a lot to talk about in the next few minutes here. Um, again, I don't have an espresso, nothing's 6am. The only thing I can find is black coffee and I'm not drinking black coffee. Like, I'm sorry. I'm I've got my water again, and then I'll say coffee cup cheers to all of y'all. Join me in that, and whatever you're drinking this morning, make it yours. Please make sure to subscribe and tune in. Um, so without further ado, let's go ahead and start with Missouri becoming the latest victim of the Move It data breach, uh, essentially due to IBM. So th- this is a, a, a classic type of supply chain attack here. Right, so Klopp, we all know what Klopp has, the ransomware gang has done with the Move It transfer zero day. And it's really helped them steal data from now 600 companies worldwide. 600 companies worldwide. They're expected to make anywhere between 75 to $100 million from these tax. And these numbers go everywhere. I've heard people talk about it yesterday, and I go, like, I'd love to understand how you get 75 to $100 million. I would, I'd really do. But Nonetheless, the Missouri Department of Social Services warns that protected Medicaid and healthcare information was exposed in the data breach after IBM suffered a move data theft uh, 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 breach there as well. So the Missouri Department of Social Services is responding to the May 23rd data security incident that occurred with IBM Consulting that involves progress software as move it transfer software. IBM's the vendor that provides services to DSS 
the state agency that provides Medicaid services to eligible Missourians. The data vulnerability did not directly impact any DSS system, but it did impact the data belonging to DSS as they were likely using um, move it transfer services in order to get that data to IBM to potentially analyze, review, store, parse, who, who knows? So there's been no compromise to the IT system over at the Department of Social Services in Missouri, but nonetheless, they're now a supply chain victim of this breach. And it kind of shows you if, if you if you built this on a tree, it just the branches keep going and there's more and more and more and more and more and more victims. So there could be 600 overlying victims or 600 companies, but then there's thousands under them. And then hundreds of thousands under them and millions under there. This is significant, y'all. The Cyber Security and Infrastructure Security Agency has added a zero-day flaw that's affecting Microsoft's .NET and Visual Studio to its known exploited vulnerabilities catalog, a.k.a. KEV. The vulnerability to track the CVE 2023-38180 was fixed by Microsoft at its August 2023 patch Tuesday update, which also addressed CVE 2023-36884, the office vulnerability that was being exploited. This specific vulnerability can be exploited for denial-of-service attack. Microsoft noted in its advisory that it's aware of malicious exploitation, but they didn't give any details to that. The vulnerability has been assigned an important severity rating, a CVSS score of 7.5, which is high severity. Um, Microsoft said it impacts Visual Studio's 2022 version 17.2, 17.4, and 17.6 as well as .NET 6.0 and 7.0 and ASP.NET Core 2.1. So you want to make sure you get those patched, addressed, and mitigate those. Critical vulnerabilities discovered by IoT and industrial cybersecurity firm Clarity Western Digital and Synology Network attached storage devices, NOS devices, uh, could have exposed the files to millions of users. The vulnerability and their exploitation were demonstrated at the ZDI Pontoon Toronto contest in December of last year where participants earned a total of around a million dollars for hacking smartphones, printers, routers, NOS devices, and smart speakers. Both vendors have pitch, pushed out patches for these and published advisories to inform customers about the vulnerabilities. Synergy released one advisory and Western Digital published three, one in December, one in January, and one in May. In the case of Western Digital, Clarity researchers found a way to enumerate all cloud-connected NOS devices, impersonate them, and gain access to each system through the uh, vendor's MyCloud service. So there's that. They've also found vulnerabilities that allow them to impersonate Synology NOS devices. So these NOS devices continue to be a vector uh, very similar to IoT. Google is starting to fight back with weekly Chrome security updates. So Google's decided to move up its schedule and start releasing weekly updates to Google Chrome. And now here's what this means. If you're a lot of companies use Chrome, a lot. And I know there's all these companies that try to sell you Chrome, uh, browser management, right? No, I've talked to many of them. I've got some friends that do that work. Important work. Doesn't change the idea that you got to auto patch your browsers. The moment there's a release, you've got to push it out. You've got to force the update. You have to. Because the reason this is happening is once these browsers are online, once these people are connected, once there's a security vulnerability, they're jumping on it within minutes to the hours. So check that out. Um, it's really, really important. Look to automate your browser updates because that's another critical piece of this. We know our browsers are constantly going to need to update, right? I know my browsers will pull up an update for my personal life. But in my business life, I want to auto-update these Chromium-based browsers. And I want to, the moment there's a release, 
I want to go ahead and push that to the team. You want to find an automated tool that can do that for you. A Belarus-linked APT has spied on staff in at least four different embassies that are operating in the country, likely leveraging their country's local ISP. In a presentation today at Black Hat, ESET senior malware researchers Matthew Fowell describe an espionage campaign by mustached bouncer, a previously unknown yet nearly decade-old APT aligned with the interests of a government of Belarus from 2017 to 2022 using bespoke info-stealer malware. The group successfully compromised diplomats from one Southeast Asian country, one African country, and two European countries. The exact method isn't yet known, but mustached bouncer may have infected routers at individual embassies, but he said assess it's more likely to take advantage of lawful communication interception technology known to be used by governments of Belarus and Russia at the ISP level. So, Five years ago, you said described espionage campaign in which the Russian APT Turla sowed its data-stealing malware inside a Trojanized Adobe Flash installer. Since 1995, the Russian government has been able to spy on internet and phone networks through its system of for operative investigative act, uh, activities, their SORM system, according to Amnesty International. All telecom providers in Belarus are SORM-compatible, as well as the SORM system allows the authorities direct remote control access to all user communication and associated data without notifying the provider at all. So Belarus obviously has a side in this battle, and that's theirs. Pro-Russian hackers claim attacks on French and Dutch websites. A pro-Russian group has claimed responsibility for cyber attack on government and public service websites in France and the Netherlands. The latest attacks come a week after the group, no name 057, hit Spanish and Italian governments and private sector organizations with a DDoS attack. The Dutch cybersecurity agency said in a statement on Tuesday that the impact of these DDoS attacks is limited and predominantly symbolic. Since the start of the war in the Ukraine, the Netherlands has seen a surge in hacktivist groups carrying out cyber attacks on Dutch organizations and companies. No Name 057 listed Dutch public transport website, local bank SNS, and the Groningen Seaport and the website of the municipality of, uh, of Lardingen among its targets. At the time of this writing of this article, these websites were still down. Uh, they were flooding them with junk email, uh, junk traffic, making them unreachable. In France, they claimed to have targeted the country's custom services. The agency said that the website was down due to a planned maintenance operation. But the uh, uh, Russians are claiming that that is a DDoS attack. And we'll see if the French want to admit to that. And then attackers associated with the China Ministry of State Security have been linked to attacks on 17 different countries in Asia, Europe, and North America in the last two years. Recorded feature attributed to intrusion set to a nation-state group attract under the, red, uh, under the name Red Hotel, um, which overlaps with a cluster of activity broadly monitors with Aquatic Panda um, and a bunch of other names. Uh, active since 2019, some of the prominent sectors targeted by the prolific actor encompass academia, aerospace, government, media, telecom, and research. A majority of the victims during this period were government orgs. Red Hotel has a dual mission of intelligence gathering and economic espionage, according to the company, calling out its persistence, operational intensity, and global reach. It targets both government entities for traditional intel and organizations involved in COVID-19 research and technology R&D. Trend Micro in early of January of last year described the adversary as a highly skilled and dangerous threat actor, mainly motivated by cyber espionage and financial gain. The group has been linked to the exploitation of Lock for Shell, among many others. Um, they're also known to be using offensive security tools like Cobalt Strike, Brutal, Rattle, C4, bespoke malware families like Funny Switch, Shadow Path, Spider, and Winity. In one late 2022 campaign, Red Hotel is said to have leveraged a stolen code signing certificate belonging to a Taiwanese gaming company to sign a DLL file responsibly. Responsible for loading BRC4 
the post-exploitation toolkit for its part is configured to communicate with abused, compromised Vietnamese government infrastructure. All of that is more. The development comes as the Washington Post reported that Chinese hackers had deep and persistent access to classified defense networks in Japan, prompting the NSA, which discovered the breach in late of 2020, to personally report the matter to the government officials there. That's it for our show this morning. Thank you all for tuning in. A lot out of Black Hat. Another day today. Um, I'll be traveling tomorrow. I won't be able to put out any content then. I'll try to put some content over the weekend if I'm able to get to uh, get to that. Otherwise, I'll be back on Monday with another great episode. Thank you all for your support. Please make sure to subscribe and share the podcast. If you have any stories, you can always come to our website or reach out to me directly. If there's anything you guys want us to do a deep dive on, let us know, by the way. like I'm happy to do a deep dive on something that really matters to practitioners, an issue, a, 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 a topic you all want to know more about. Happy to do that. So please reach out, cyberhubpodcast.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, James J. Azar, or anywhere else you listen to the show. Just reach out to us, even by email. Happy to help. That's it for us here on behalf of myself, the team, and the beautiful folks here at Black Hat. Thank you all for tuning in and stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.